not manslight me or manslight me. Hello and welcome back to Miss Sandry with Marsha. And Ray. We are long distance LDR, long distance relish. Uh, from Los Angeles, where Ray is, to New York City, Brooklyn, where I am. Um, oh, I had somebody ask me again about the opening song. And I put a behind the scenes on our Instagram about it getting made because my friend, I went to my friend John Langdon, and he's like this super musically talented guy. And he he's in a band with our other friend Mike Gill, and also very talented, super musically talented. And I was like, all right, I have this like little riff and we have to have like a podcast song. And then he came up with this like, Miss Andre. And then we sang it together and I was like, hmm, it's missing something. Can we get some like male screams in there? Could we get <laughs> the sounds of men screaming? So we called them the scream team. Um, and we made them work for free, of course, because men owe the militia years and years of labor. <laughs> um so yeah, so that was me. I'm the one singing with my friend John Langdon is also singing and then Mike Gillen and they have a friend Alan who is really nice. I just don't know him as well because I went to high school with the other two guys. Because when you're in Oklahoma, oh, it's thank so fun. You. Yeah, thank you. And it's like so fun to do projects in Oklahoma because you know, it's like so boring down there. It's like so nice. You can just like go and people have like studios because it doesn't cost $5 billion to own a house. Um... But anyways, so yeah, Ray, how are you? I'm good. I've been like a little under the weather because um, I have an aggressive uterus. I think I might have fibroids, but they haven't been like taken care of, I suppose, because it's like really hard to get yourself to a doctor. You have an aggressive I, like, uterus? Your uterus is attacking you? Yeah, it's just like, man, I got to face it from the men outside and then these uh -huh. fleshy things in my guts maybe mm -hmm. attacking at, me from the inside. At two, you Tay? At two. I know, at two, you <laughs> Tay. Uh, yeah, like I fainted the other day and I was like, oh man, I forgot to like, I lost my birth control and it was a whole big thing, but no, I'm good now, I think. I am yeah, going to tape like, these pills to I your body. What? I'm going to tape these pills to your body so you can't lose them. I'm like tape every month from the leg going up I, to the arm. I seriously, honestly, I lost my birth control literally the night I filled the prescription. And then uh, I like fainted two days later. And no, I was like, oh, because your hormones are like so, so fucked up. Cute. Yeah. And it's so me, right? To like lose my fucking meds. I was like, oh, and then I was like, it's fine. Like, I'll submit a fax thing or whatever and didn't because I'm an idiot. And so take care of your body because take while care. the universe is attacking you, you don't want your insides to help. I'm the same way. It's like, it's always like the first thing to go where it's like, you know, we just neglect our health because I'm like, oh, well, I have all this shit to do today. And that's like, well, I don't get to do any of it if I fucking pass out because <laughs> right. I like didn't take care of myself or eat or sleep or like whatever. Uh, this is why I know I could never be like a professional actor because I remember we, my middle school, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so is Kristen Chenoweth. Do you know her? Yeah. 
So we, like, got to meet her, and she was talking about, like, what it takes to be a musical theater actor. And she says she doesn't eat after 4 p.m. every day. She doesn't drink any alcohol. Like, she hasn't had cheese in, like, 20 years. I was like, oh, not for me. I was in high school, and I was like, oh, I'm giving this up right now. (laughs) I think it was supposed to inspire us, but I was like, oh, I better find a different path to entertainment. I'm going to become a writer and comedian instead because I can sleep in. (laughs) And eat all the shit you want. And eat whatever the fuck I want. And, you know, work out when it feels good, but it seems hard. (laughs) I know. But, no, it's important to take care of your body. Like, I've been, you know... I have to, I re- every meal you have to eat something healthy and something unhealthy, both. Oh, I just do the eating the unhealthy stuff. You can eat the healthy stuff for me, though, if you want. <laughs> I mean, by healthy, I mean like kale Caesar salad is how I get 90% of my greens because I just can't eat vegetables unless they're slathered in Caesar salad um, right. or Caesar, Caesar dressing. I, I hate, and I even hate. Uh, kale. I really hate it so much. It tastes so nasty. It's so chewy. I don't get why people love it. I get it, you know, an attack on kale. No offense to kale lovers out there, but (laughs) I only like it when it's covered in Caesar. Um, (laughs) But when it is covered in Caesar, I can eat all of it. Um, But anyway, there's a lot going on in the world of our secret militia shadow government. Um, I mean, for those of you just joining us... um, You know, we created this podcast because Ray and I formed a militia of women in the woods to sort of, I guess, plan a coup. Is that how you would say it? Yeah. We're taking down the patriarchy. Yeah, sort of taking down the patriarchy by holing up in a bunker in the woods and planning a massive coup organized strategically among all women. Um, Because all women are involved in a conspiracy against men. I don't know if you knew that, Ray. Um, I know some... But, you know, sometimes you can't trust these people. I'm on the lookout for for spies and double agents. Absolutely. We are aware. You know, we do have a lot of male spies working for us. But, again, you do always have to be wary that they could become double agents at any time. So, you know, the militia is aware. um, And we have made some really important amendments. For example, no sweatpants at the strip club. That's a very important amendment. No sweatpants at the strip club. Um, That's a good one. Um, Our scientists are working on a lot. For example, um, I'm creating a sound that only women can hear, which is going to be just huge, Um, just huge for our army. But yeah, (laughs) a lot going on. Um, You know, we do like to start off with a man crush Monday or sorry, a crush men Monday. Um, And this week, I think we have to crush Tony Robbins. Yeah, we have to demolish him. Tony Robbins, I mean, it's funny because I was really inspired by that Not Your Guru movie because I was also equally inspired by the, I don't know if you're watching the Rajneeshi cult on the documentary Wild Wild West on Netflix. I just finished it this morning. Oh my god, I finished it. I mean, it was crazy how long I had sympathy for the Rajneeshi and even still do. Like, it was a good documentary because, like, nobody's right. It's like everybody's wrong. Yeah. But I mean, I still, I mean, I have some sympathy for them. Obviously, they did some horrendous things, but I don't know. All of it seemed to start with some hideous bigotry on the part of those people from uh, Oregon. And oh, then yeah. they, these, and then the Bhagwan becoming like a woman hater as soon as she decided, had the balls to leave him. It was pretty crazy. Oh, yes. I mean, Osho, where he's addicted to, spoiler alert, by the way, 
but he's addicted to nitrous and takes Valium. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I guess I would be a guru too. I would be Zen as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Just a steady diet of uppers and downers. And I loved all the people. I loved the all red thing. My favorite moment in the whole documentary is when they built that mall and they're browsing through the mall and it's all red clothes. Like how at that moment right. do you not take a step back and be like, Oh, okay. No, for sure. I What's am in a cold. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I see it now. I can see it. For but sure, that for lawyer sure. too still seems pretty into it. Because I realize, like that lawyer, it's like, you know, I see the appeal of cults. Like I understand why Scientology gets people like, because it takes people, gives them a community. And he was basically like a superstar because he was like this straight laced guy who wanted to be a part of them. And he had, like, three wives and, like... But also, a part they didn't include in the documentary is this woman wrote afterwards, like, you know that part where they filmed them having, like, that crazy... Like, they're all naked and, like, beating each other and, like... Mm -hmm. So apparently this woman was like, yeah, I mean, I joined the Rajneeshi and it just resulted in, like, men beating the shit out of me. Like, they would go into these, like, sessions and, like, the women, like you know, what are you going to do? Like these dudes, they said it was like animalistic, but it's like, no, you're just letting men beat the shit out of women. Um, Good God. But yeah, so there's like parts they didn't show in the movie, I think, to try and make it so that everybody was kind of like fucked up. And, you know, Sheena, I mean, wow, I can't believe they let her work with old people. It's like, you know, she's going to smother somebody in their sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was... um I found her quite savvy. Oh, for sure. Um, she's really good at presenting her case because when she's crying, I'm like, girl, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> she is good. I mean, it's like she's like, you can tell she's like one of these liars, but she like believes every lie very, very thoroughly. Yeah. You know, she convinces yeah, herself. Totally. And I like that she was like, no, fuck no. Like he was going to like, I wonder if he really was going to kill himself or if that whole thing was fake. Oh, that whole um, bury the bury the lethal injection. Yes, I love the Australian woman because I've been so perfectioning my Australian accent. Where she's like, "Yes," and then I stabbed the needle in his leg, and I was like, "Oh my god, what am I doing?" <laughs> that turned <laughs> that turned like Irish at the end. But you've heard my Australian bachelor character, right? I keep doing it everywhere now. But no, oh, you never I heard across the country much. <laughs> oh my god, I thought I told it before you left. Wow. Well, I have this only, my only character is The Bachelor, if he was Australian. You watch, you watch The Bachelor, right? No, I, that's actually the one reality show I don't like. I mean, it's terrible. I only watched one season. It was with the most boring guy, that guy, Ben. He was just so boring. It was, it was crazy. It's a terrible show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is, this is The Bachelor, if he was Australian. He just goes, uh, hello, my name's Meech, and I'm The Bachelor. Yeah, and that's great. it that's all you do it just says, yeah it's pretty great being the bachelor um it's pretty it's pretty great no that's a pretty good accent marcia thank you i like the way because i love that show the slap so i love the way they're like no um they say no's with what is ours the slap? i know um but wait, wait we were talking about tony slap. robbins oh the slap it was a show <laughs> Oh, my God. It was this crazy show that they did in Australia, and then they brought it to America for one season, where the entire premise is this whole family is at a barbecue, and 
like, someone not in the family slaps one of the kids in the family for, like, attacking the other kids. And they make a whole series out of, like, I don't know, like, one family sues the other. It's it's crazy. But it's okay. called The Slap. <laughs> I love that. I wanted to make, like, a parody called Slaps, where it's just, like, a bunch of people getting slapped every episode. Um... But, that sounds really crazy. <laughs> Anyways, wait, how did we get... We were talking about Tony Robbins, and I'm kind of stoned and have just been tangenting. Um, but this is... It's a Sunday afternoon in beautiful Los Angeles, um, where we I am as well. We were talking about Tony Robbins, and then you mentioned gurus and started going on about the... Um, the Rajneeshi. Oh, well, yeah. Anyways, what did you think of the Tony Robbins thing? How crazy... Well, it was really crazy because, like, let's say you're the kind of person who takes a guy like Tony Robbins seriously. It what? First of all, he's saying that women who come forward about sexual assault and you know sexual harassment are trying to use that to make themselves significant, which is astounding to me. Yeah, that's what he said. He said people are using the Me Too movement to try and make themselves significant, and if you're a woman who's doing that, that's wrong. That's how he started it. Yeah, and so that's astounding because the idea that you think that women gain significance by coming forward about sexual assault is crazy, and the fact that you think that women who do become significant, quote-unquote, aren't met with sort of this righteous, it's not actually righteous, but this, like, aggressive thing, like the kind he displayed when that woman was talking to him is really crazy. crazy. I love this. I reshared this reductress article that's called, I anonymously reported my rape for the anonymous attention. Because it's like, seriously, like, why? A woman can come forward completely anonymously, and it's like, oh, she's a coward, like, whatever. She's just, like, facelessly accusing these men. And then a woman puts her name on it, and she's only doing it for attention. It's like, give me a fucking break. You can't win for losing. You can't. Yeah, so he, he, like, does that, and then a a woman in the audience gets up and basically is like, dude, you're wrong about the Me Too movement. Um, one wonders what she was doing there in the first place, but I will withhold judgment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then she basically calls him out. She's like, you're wrong. And I don't even remember what he says, really. He, he told some story about how he knows a CEO who won't ha- who didn't hire, uh, a, a well-qualified woman for a position because she was too attractive and he thought it was risky, which is... His friend admitting to him that he discriminated against a woman and that's illegal. Exactly. They still blame the women in that situation. They're like, if only women had never accused men of sexual harassment, that hot woman would have had her job. Like, how does your mind go there? But also, like, what's wrong with you that you can't not be around a woman who's attractive? Like, are you trying to, you're not trying to fuck your male coworkers that are good looking, so... No, they've never been taught that their sexual urges are something they should control. Right, exactly. So I was just like, the logic in that is poor. This is a CEO who's not even responsible enough to not try to fuck his coworker, and (laughs) you're comfortable with him running a company? Crazy. That's insanity. 
I know. Apparently, um, his team tried to get on PR control, like, immediately, and, like, knew it was going to be bad. It's like, yeah, you said the stupidest shit ever, and you thought you would get away with it. What did to do? I feel these men are, it's interesting because their world is really changing fast where we can respond to them. And that's also, we have this whole generation of women coming up where, you know, we knew we were going to get jobs. We knew that maybe we wanted to get married, but we had other things we wanted to do. You know, there's been like two, three generations of women like that slowly now, you know, and they still think that they can talk down to us the same way it was when we didn't feel that we had the voice together. And it's like they don't want to acknowledge that feminism has added up at this point. It's just, I don't know. Sorry, I'm eating, uh, listeners. <laughs> I apologize. I'm just really starving. Um, it just, it just seems weird to me that he like felt comfortable, like he thought he was righteous in this. Oh, because women. That's why you won't get hired. Like, that it was going to come out of his mouth and sound good to the people in the audience. I mean, like, no one in his own audience took his side. And when this woman tried to correct him, she was met with applause, you know? Mm -hmm. But he was, like, trying to rile his fan base up and nobody said anything, you know? That's kind uh, of nice, you know? Yeah, it was it was nice. But then he started trying to physically intimidate this woman, like, walking her backward. And trying to silence her by using his size. And if I remember correctly from the movie Shallow Hell, he's a pretty big guy, right? Yeah. He's huge. He's like six foot seven. Yeah, he was like literally physically, like he was like in the jungle, like stalking her down, like pushing her back. Like, and this woman was trying to push back on him. But what about, what would you be thinking in that moment? Like, yes, this is everyone's going to think that I'm doing the good thing here to be physically shoving this woman down. But if you watch the documentary about him, he does weird shit. Like, he made... He told this one woman that she was unhappy because, like, her dude wasn't a man. And then he made up and... He made the dude stand up and roar like a lion. And then... Where's Tony Robbins from? Is he American? I think he is American, yeah. I'm pretty sure. He He had a, like, bad childhood. And, like, he... I forget what it was, like, but he's been doing this for so long, and he starts every morning off where he jumps into a full ice bath, like, one that, like, covers his whole body, and then he, like, gets out of it. I just, like, it's just, living, it's it's just too intense, you know? I just, I feel that being, being engaged is important in life, but I also feel that you don't have to be that engaged. Um... He's from North Hollywood, California, for sure. For sure, for sure. Oh. Well, he's... It just didn't seem like a very intelligent move on the part of somebody who, um, who you know, who needs to be in tune with um, speaking so publicly and speaking so much about, like, self-improvement and self-help. For him to so publicly, like, defend abusers, it was just very... It was just... Even if he, like, believe that stuff it just seemed like such a poor choice in the moment you know i know well you would think someone so full of creating an image would be careful about maintaining it 
That's what's crazy. It's like they go against their best interests in this like desperate grasp to keep women silent and men in control and men sexually subjugating them. Like, why are you so invested in this system of masculinity where you can only be a man if women are like in fear of you and feel like they need to be silent? Like, I think if Tony Robbins and people like that had their way, women would never be in the workforce. They still haven't let that go. So they're not only mad that they... He's not mad he doesn't get to hire the hot woman. He's mad he has to hire any woman at all and that if he hires the hot woman, he doesn't even get to fuck her. Yeah, that women should only be around for the male desire. It's crazy. I don't know. Tony Robbins, you're going to get crushed. It's. I mean, it's hard because my prison basement is getting so full. It's just, like, okay. overflowing, and the screams are getting so loud. I mean, I don't know what to do at this point, right? I've put, I've put like, those paddings on the wall, like you see in sound studios, but the screams, <laughs> the screams keep me up at night. Um, my basement prison, of course, the friend zone. Um, I also saw this... <laughs> I saw this study that was interesting um, where it said... Oh, the Arizona State story study? What's that? The Arizona State study where 66% of men think they're smarter than everyone in the room, even if they... Men <laughs> think that they're smarter than 66% of the people in the room, even if they're, like, direct contradictory evidence. Of course. And, like, they think they're smarter than most women in uh, STEM spaces. Did you, is that the one you're talking about? That's the one I'm talking about, yes. The new study finds that men in STEM subject areas overestimate their own intelligence and credentials underestimate the abilities of female colleagues and that as a result women themselves doubt their abilities even when evidence says otherwise uh this weekend no fucking shit (laughs) glad you're reporting it but like it's just crazy because it's like yeah stem uh how about every other area too like they want to act like it's so prolific when they find out that certain sectors are discriminating against women it's like you all are you all are (laughs) like it's crazy yeah I got in. It's, a... um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's just crazy because it's like, um, there was another thing like this too where it was just like, oh, black people are treated poorly like two weeks ago, like two months ago. Yeah. That like black kids are aged up and things like that. And it sucks to have these like really obvious things and people don't trust us. We have to have, we have to have white science prove us right or like male science prove us right with these studies to you know with their methods for them you have to have an anthropologist like in the classroom in st louis before like they believe yeah because no one believes our sort of information or our expressions of our um experiences which is like very frustrating because i experienced that deeply um in my like daily life, you know, where like you tell people things and they don't trust you, but end up arriving at the same place you do too late. And so, and they want to come to you. They want you to be impressed that they got there at all. And you're like, I mean, I guess I'm happy that you did, but like two months ago you had this full confident argument with me. (laughs) Like, yeah. And then I was like, why does it have to be that we have to do these studies to affirm what we were thinking? And then I saw, that this guy wrote in, was it The Atlantic? He wrote some essay that basically was like, uh, the Democrats embrace civil rights too fully and that's why they keep losing elections. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh God, of course. 
This is why. I mean, it's crazy. Because they act like this shit is... So, even, like, white liberals are so sympathetic to that. They're so easy manipulated by that type of thinking that everything else is a distraction. Like, this teacher in Texas just got suspended for her students asking her if she was married and her saying, yes, I have a wife. And then you want to be like, you guys, we can't focus on these divisive issues. It's like, Jesus. It's not divisive if your case is that you want for economic equality. A woman being suspended from her work because of her personal life, that's an economic issue. Yeah. And you can't solve every, like, social issue economically. That's the thing, too. Like, people... That's Bernie Sanders's like, some of his problem is, like, you can't... Some of... Girl. He just said something crazy uh-huh. too. He was in trouble this week because uh, I saw some quote. He basically called Barack Obama an ineffective, charismatic individual on at a speech he's giving on the anniversary of Martin Luther King's um, uh, uh, assassination. And it's like you have no sense of time or place. You have no respect for the black people in your audience right now. And the audiences that will hear of what you just said, he called the South the Confederacy in that speech. And it's like, you're talking to black people in that South. And it's like, they know their history. And for you, a white man, to call their homes, they fought so hard to liberate the Confederacy without any sort of respect for the living, active, black activists in your world right now. It's like, who are you, dude? Get a grip. Get a fucking grip, Bernie Sanders. Get a grip, Bernie. Oh, my God. This The next election, I mean, I, I'm hopeful for the midterms. The presidential election in two years, like, I can't imagine it as anything but a shit show. It's going to be such a shit show. It's going to be crazy. I can't even fathom what it's going to look like. Like, people are saying yeah. Bernie will run again. Like, you know, it's like, I just don't know what it's going to look I like. I just don't. I'm over, I'm over uh, septuagenarians running the country. I mean, that's how you get a person so out of touch. There's no way that, like, like, I mean, like there's no way that a per- We're just talking about how Tony Robbins can't even fathom that the world is moving around <laughs> him. He's not the same age as Bernie, you know? Exactly. And so it's just like, so like... I imagine the reason that Bernie was even invited to speak was twofold. I mean, one, he had been an activist at the time, and two, you know, sort of so many people, so many black activists who are against, you know, the Democratic establishment have embraced him, but it's just like a person who has not lived in a diverse environment. I mean, he's from Vermont. Well, he's from Brooklyn, but he left Brooklyn to Vermont, and he's been there for so long. And he has such a hard time embracing the evolving language, the evolving conversation. It's just like, I'm tired of old people running things. And that just speaks to the failure of our political system, wherein you have to have enough money to run for any significant office. And that requires years of accumulating wealth in these very sort of lofty, out-of-touch positions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad... My dad worked like in ca- on Capitol Hill and he like always wanted to be a politician and then the only way he was ever going to be able to run was if he would be like pro life because there was a lot of like democrat pro lifes at the time and like this catholic group wanted him to be pro life and he like basically wouldn't do it and then he just like didn't get the money and never went in to politics you know Yeah 
And so I don't even want to think about what the election is going to look like in a couple years because I don't have the mental energy right now. <laughs> That's true. We got to take it one day at a time. Oh, speaking of, though, like, those um, Parkland kids are hilarious. Yeah. And um, Laura Ingram got fucked up. And And Owen Benjamin, I've never laughed so hard in my life. This, like, loser comedian who just fucked up his whole life already. You engaged to Christina Ricci? I just saw that when I, like, looked at his Wikipedia. I was like, Jesus Christ, like... How do you fuck it up so bad? Basically, I've never laughed so hard in my life because he did this post. I want to read it like verbatim because he did this post that said, hey, at David Hogg 111. This is like a fully grown man. He said, feel free to try and boycott me. I don't have sponsors because I don't need them. Oopsies. Anyways, when did you grow pubes? This is a 17 year old boy he's talking to. Anyways, when did you grow pubes? Don't you think it's weird you're telling grown men how to live when you barely have pubes? College is gay, by the way. Enjoy gay college, lol. That's what he said. Literally, like, half of a day later, he posts this on Facebook. Both of my Twitter accounts have been suspended, and now my ability to make an income has been revoked. Please become a Patreon supporter. This is the place I can post things. This is disgusting. He said, I have a two-year-old and a pregnant wife, and they have just sent my life back to zero with a big swoop. I've worked tirelessly for the last five months building my online ability to make a living, and it's all gone. You will be next. Fight it now. Like, dude, I hope you can find another way to support your two-year-old and your pregnant wife better than something you've only been doing for five months and better than this guy like calls people the n-word online he got suspended from twitter for the first time because he said it would be funny if sean king was a slave and then he did this whole free speech like he was like oh i guess i can't even make a joke about being a slave it's like you know almost like that Artie lang thing like this confusion over what is free speech is driving me nuts yeah. All these I mean, people. <clears throat> I I think that um look, say whatever you want, but it's like when you directly target people, you should be like held accountable for it. And he tagged this little boy and it started asking him about his pubes. Yeah, lose your fucking money. That's at your own peril. You know yeah, what I mean? He, he did need sponsors, literally. And it's like, it's crazy because he just Patreon Pete supporters are sponsors. That is so funny. Well, and it's crazy because they say, they say, you know, the Republicans, every time Democrats boycott something, they're like, boycotting is against freedom of speech, which is crazy because it's literally like they're all... Boycotting is freedom of speech. Yeah, Boycotting is exercising your right to protest. Who was it that was, like, dumping Keurig machines out of their office buildings, like, two months ago? Exactly. And then it's, like, these same people are, like, to boycott. It's, like, I don't understand this repeated... This is what really scares me, is that they don't even care that they lie anymore. They don't care when you can directly prove it. They never have. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. Um, I think one of the... I mean, generally speaking, to be a public figure is to sort of obscure the truth when it it suits you, especially in political spaces. Um, But 
Republicans have always been liars. I mean, we we got lied into this really public way, like, into this war in a really public sort of embarrassing way where the newspaper of records, the New York Times was like, pretend, like was lying about the uh, information that they had gathered about weapons of mass destruction. I know. <laughs> uh, into, into our like, into the into this paper, there were advertisements in other papers that you know they would pay um, writers to advocate for war when that's like not right or ethical. I mean, did you see then, the? Sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I finished what I was doing. Oh, I was gonna say, did you see the Kevin Williamson thing? Also, drove me fucking nuts. This, this guy, Kevin Williamson, was hired by the Atlantic and fired by the Atlantic. And basically, he had said publicly numerous times that he thinks that the punishment for abortion should be the death penalty. And he specified that it should be hanging. He called a black child a monkey. Like, of course, these guys never are just discrimination against just women. Like, so this guy... Like, the Atlantic hired him because they do this, like, false many-sides bullshit where it's like, they're like, okay, well, we're giving feminism such a voice. Now we need to find their equal counterpart, which is a man who thinks that if women cannot be physically controlled by the state, they should be executed. Those are not the two opposing sides to this argument. (laughs) And it drives me crazy because, of course, it's Jeff Goldberg, like, a white Jewish man And these white liberal men, it drives me crazy because they betray us in private spaces over and over and over again, where it's like, of course, we don't trust you because you find more in common with this white. Exactly. And his statement was such bullshit, too, when they finally did fire him. And Jezebel did the most perfect parody of it. I've never laughed so hard in my life. But Sorry, so, we hired cannibal witches. Yes, it? they're like, we hired cannibal witch, and they showed her tweets. She's like, I love to eat children. And they're like, when we did learn that she does indeed love to eat children, like, and it's so funny. And they're like, she said one or she's like, I'll be on Lou Dobbs tonight talking about spicing up and eating children, which I love to do every single day. And then they're like, cannibal witch is a talented writer, and we depart as dear friends. Like, it's so <laughs> true. Because that's what this guy's statement He's like, I wrote to you about our decision. In that note, I mentioned that Kevin would represent an important addition to our roster of idea columnists. Um, The language he used in the podcast and in my conversations with him recently made it clear that the original tweet did in fact represent his carefully considered views. Yeah, no fucking shit. And then he goes on, Kevin is a gifted writer and has been nothing but professional in our interactions. But I have come to the conclusion that the Atlantic is not the best fit for his talents. So we are parting ways. They give him so much dignity. They give him so Mm -hmm. much dignity than you would give to him. Like, how many people do you think this guy personally, how many women, people of color, everybody, has he probably overlooked because he's seen them as too influenced by their own experiences or too... Mm -hmm unobjective based on who they are but this guy is literally so obviously emotionally just like freaking out and wants and has said numerous times in anger and in seriousness that he believes that women who have abortion should be hanged which by the way at this point the number used to be one in four they now think it's closer to one in three one in three women have had yeah 
but also what's funny is like he um when to speak to your like emotional uh, argument there was a when he got fired i kept seeing these tweets like he feels strongly about this issue because his mother chose not to abort roe v wade had just been legalized and his mother was a teen mother and i was like well if that's she chose not an emotional res- response i don't know what it is exactly it's just and they go on it's like okay you believe he's a professional and you believe his opinions are valid but when we're when we're arguing about abortion when abortion was illegal it's not that women stopped having abortions because they would go to extreme means. If you are in a situation in life where you cannot have that baby, or if you are in a medical situation where you cannot have that baby and you don't have time to do weeks worth of paperwork and be approved by a slow working government. If, how do these people who argue for small government argue for abortion or for, I mean, for, for um, anti-abortion laws. Because it literally... Well, the takes- issue is that they think that a, a cluster of cells is a life. That's the issue. And I don't think you're going to move people off of that. But, the, but we've gotten to the point where it's been decided legally that that is not a life. And it is part of a woman's body that she has the choice in which to do. But also so, none of those like, people whatever are... She wants. In favor of the proactive things that prevent abortion. Like... Yes, because they're not making, they're not making, like, rational sort of... Right. Condoms uh, prevent abortion. Sexual education prevents abortion, but it doesn't do that. It's about about the moral, punishing women for behaving immorally. Exactly. And someone posted on Twitter, too, it won't stop at abortion. If they they turn over Roe v. Wade and they make abortion illegal, they aren't going to stop there. That's it. That's just the beginning. I mean, it's like they want to exert ultimate control. And there is never any stopping point with that. If they get control over your womb, they get control over your medical decisions. They get control over how you treat your ovarian cancer. I mean, it's like, it's fucking bullshit. And I just hate it, too, because it's like, good luck, you know, good luck hiring the next guy to represent the very important viewpoint that feminism's opposite is that women should not exist unless their decisions can be, I mean, if you're an, if you get killed in a car accident and you are not an organ donor and someone wants your organ, they still don't give that person your organ. That's your decision. Even if you are staunchly against abortion and you think it's wrong, it still doesn't make sense to me how you could think that it's not up to the person who is carrying the cells in their body, you know, or even because you- again, they don't regard it as just cells. They regard it as a life that deserves priority over the woman who's carrying it. Right. Cause there's also, that's a very American viewpoint too. Like I was reading about how in other cultures, the, the mother's life is more valuable because she is the more, she's an actual grown person. She's a fully formed person. And so it's like when it comes between, there's a cultural thing where it comes between saving the baby and the mother. In America, you're supposed to save the baby. If it's during childbirth, it's like he's the innocent one. We're obsessed with this idea of purity and, you know, and the mother, as great as she was, you know, she died so that her baby could survive. But in other cultures, it's like they sort of see it as the mother should live and go on to have another baby. You know, like it's, it's just different culturally and america's really obsessed with this idea 
that, you know, this newborn, innocent, you know, pure, not, not unsinning. They're very, they're very uh, invested in the potential for life rather than the life that's already here. Yes, exactly. Very bizarre. Yeah, because they hate the life that's already here mostly. Like, uh, and Mm -hmm. all these people too, like, they think they're they're so self-important. I've been talking about, like, this everyone thinks that the apocalypse these like christians in america always think that everything is a sign of the apocalypse and even non-christians we all tend to do it in a way it's why we like these dystopian sort of films and books but we think that in some ways because our ego can't handle the idea that the world actually just continues after (laughs) we're gone so these christians always think that they're going to be america is the promised land and it's all going to end here you know and it's like, that's right. why I don't even think they're scared that Trump's going to nuke us. They're like, well, that's what Jesus wants. Yeah, they have a nihilistic sort of viewpoint and they get rewarded by rapture uh, afterward. And so I think their lack of concern for other people that don't work toward helping them bring about their agenda, which seems kind of contradictory because if it was inevitable, it would come anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, they're obsessed with the rapturing and, you know, sort of being taken away from the rest of us. And it's like, well, if if you're so convinced that that's how it's going to turn out, why don't you let it take its natural course? <laughs> Rather than, like, set up, the, like, God don't need your help to set up the world for him to destroy it. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I feel like that's just, like, what I would love. Just, like, listen, God doesn't need your help. If the apocalypse is coming, I think he's he's got it. She he's got it. She, yes. Although God is a man because so much is fucked up. I feel like a woman could have done it better, you know? <laughs> so I do unfortunately yeah. have to believe that, that God is a man. Um, and a part of me hopes that, like, Satan's a woman and hell is actually good and it's just had bad PR. Uh, that's what it sounds like if you read most things. If you think about it, it like, all the Jews fun. are down there, all the gays are down there, you know, to white Christians, <laughs> everyone else is down there. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, what else is going on with you? Uh, not much. I mean, I've just been, uh, I don't know, trying not to get, like, so super depressed about the world that we're living in. Because, um, oh, here's the thing. So, Cardi B just announced that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, uh and she just released her album on It's so good. Uh, Have you listened to it? No, I haven't had the chance yet. Oh, love it. But um But like so she has announced her pregnancy and it's been fascinating to watch everyone's response to her mm-hmm. announcement, you know, sort of be- people being like that's a bad move and you know, but you don't get to say anything about it because her body, her choice, et cetera, et cetera. And I just find it fascinating how uh, women's bodies are just up for public debate in a way that most men will never be. Yes, exactly. It's always just like, and women play a part in it too. And that's why they think it's not misogyny, but it very much is like, it just always is. Women's bodies are always unquestionably okay to be talked about at work. I've had men say the most ridiculous things about famous women and other women's bodies to me. It's like, why do you think this is appropriate? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, um, it just sucks 
and you know, like she's decided she wants a kid and she's happy about it. And I just think it sucks that there's not like, like I, it sucks that that's the knee jerk reaction to correct her to tell her why she's making a bad decision, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Now I will say that she, her, her relationship issues, she has made public and so did her partner. But, and, you know, I, like, personally wouldn't want to have a baby with a man who so recently and so openly cheated on me. But she's done it. And that's not the argument I'm seeing people make. I'm seeing people make the argument that she shouldn't be pregnant because her career is just about to take off. Yeah. And that's, like, that sucks that we're sort of presenting the world in such a way that this woman better not choose domestic happiness because... Um, it's in direct contrast with the ability of women to make money because that sort of um, reinforces the idea that domesticity is in contrast with career pursuits. And totally, then it sort of and that's all on us. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just, you know, I was just agreeing. Like, it's like, and they don't say the same thing with men because it's like, they just assume the burden will be on us because, you know, the man might not take care of the kid. It's like, how is she going to be a good mom and be at work? It's like the same way he's going to be a good dad and be at work. I'm not well, saying that they're going to either is, be good parents. I'm just, you know, in general. No, but I mean, like, the fact is we sort of allow men to not be good parents or to we be do. less involved. And we allow them to get and away so with all sorts of shit. There's, like, this, like, real passive, like bullshit where it's like you know they act like helpless and it's like well maybe if you learn to do the dishes you'd be able to but you just know that women are going to get frustrated enough and just do it for you or like you know daddy daycare where they call it like babysitting when you're raising your child oh my god that's what they did with serena's uh, Serena Williams's husband were like they were like oh Serena Williams's husband is babysitting her kid while she's playing tennis it's like it's he's like, watching his he's child. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, it was really crazy because, um, shit, I totally forgot what I was just about to say. Oh, man. Cardi B God. and women's bodies always up for debate. Oh, you were talking, we were talking about babysitting, watching the kids. I God always do it. this. Listen, this is an unedited podcast, folks. So you're getting this raw raw and straight at you so sometimes we forget what we're gonna say and that doesn't mean that we're not good generals <laughs> everyone loses a train of thought at some point of course but yeah. um yeah the idea that you would be babysitting your own child is is astonishing and uh, i just wish that we kind of lived in this space where it wasn't incumbent upon us to like handle everything and that if we decide to make career decisions it's sort of the like I remember um when I was working for the Department of Health in New York the leader of our office she was this um doctor and it was they were working on this electronic electronic medical record um initiative to sort of get all of New York's doctors onto electronic like records as opposed to uh, paper ones because they thought that they would make it easier to do research and provide patient care, et cetera. And so the woman who was spearing our um, bureau like had gotten pregnant 
had a baby and then came back like a month after she got had her child mm-hmm. and it was a bummer because two things were happening one I felt like she I don't know this is how it was received I suppose was that she um was overcompensating like was so worried that people wouldn't take her seriously because of her gender that she had to come back. And then there were women at the office who had also gotten pregnant who wanted to take their full maternity leave and were mad at her for setting a precedent that they felt like because she didn't, they couldn't. And it just sucks to be in that situation because she might very well just love her job so much that she wanted to come back to it very quickly but the idea that she would have to make maternity leave decisions according to what the other women in her office wanted because there's no way that you can win in that situation really sucks yeah and we're constantly thinking about how we're being perceived by men and we know that they compare us to each other so then we internalize that and we know Because we understand from like almost a survivalistic point, okay, she didn't do it. She didn't do it so that the other women wouldn't be able to get their maternity leave. But it does set a precedent when one woman does something because you know that whether privately or to your face, when it comes time to your promotion or whatever, it's like, well, we know it's not because you're a woman because Brenda didn't take her whole maternity leave and we know she's a team player. And it's like, well, what about the men who took a three week vacation for no fucking reason to play golf? Why aren't they in your office? You know, it's like there's different values on put shit like put on shit. And it's, it's hard. Both my parents worked and they made it work because my dad carried a very equal weight, very equal weight. And that's rare. You know, like it's and it should be expected. Yeah, I I don't know. I just it sucks being a girl sometimes, you know, <laughs> it does. Uh, that's why we started a matriarchy. Yeah, we it's need a- to figure out how to make this take a lot faster than it has been because I'm getting tired. It's true. I went on, so I went on this like WNYC show to talk. It hasn't aired yet, but to talk about the Facebook stuff and Facebook censorship. And now it's so funny because now the whole world hates Mark Zuckerberg. It's like, I feel like I'm like a hipster. Like, yeah. Um, did you hate Mark Zuckerberg's early censorship? Because I've actually hated it for a full year and a half. Thanks. You know, have you listened to his (laughs) early stuff? Because I did. Um, he banned me first, but, um, So I went to like talk to them and it just sucks because I was telling them how we started this podcast, you know, to sort of cut to the point where anytime like women want to talk about feminism, dudes always want to call them bitter, say they hate men, say they're misandrous if they're smart enough to know that word, which they usually aren't. But it's like, so we were like, okay, let's just cut that out. You know, it's like, do we need to just say we hate men for us, for you to go away? And then the people who want to listen to us to listen to us, you know, like, I feel like so many feminist things I listen to, we unfortunately still have to spend so much time disclaimering. You know what I mean? Just like, always. I mean, every time that you're the minority, it sucks because it's like, when you're the marginalized person, you have to, even when you're on purpose trying to make them uncomfortable, still make them comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And when you make space for them to be comfortable, they use it against you later. I mean, it was fascinating watching the bastardization of Martin Luther King's legacy this whole week. It was just incredible to see how 
this one person who had a very tactical, clever solution. And it wasn't nonviolence work. It was shame them into being embarrassed of how poorly they're treating you. Mm -hmm. But to have his strategy be like bastardized by all these people who just want other people to shut up. Like, can you imagine Paul Ryan writing a whole message thanking MLK when he just tried to take health care from all of the impoverished people in the country? Yeah. And then... And thinking that at all Martin Luther King would be on board with anything he does, that you would feel comfortable opening your mouth to say that you support this man, it's just really, really crazy. And so what I found is whenever, like, white people um, of a certain ilk, you know, praise MLK, they basically are praising his um, willingness to make them comfortable and not call them the piece of, sh- piece of shit they actually were when he was fighting their racism and that's exactly the opposite of what he did but they're too unwise or like willfully uh, obfuscating to recognize that they are existing contradictorily that's what i wonder is like are they unwise or are they willfully obs- like is it both or is it one or the other because it's like it seems like such purposeful gaslighting where they don't want you to draw the very clear and very noticeable connections between what was going on then and what's going on now because America never had that break from our past. We never had that oh we used to be Nazis, we apologize for that. You know, well, we yeah, never there's a, I don't know if you didn't, you, yeah, you told me you didn't listen, but in um, one of Chappelle's specials, he talks about how South Africa got it right for the most part that they're mm-hmm. going to eventually do better than we do because they have a truth and reconciliation commission yes. and America never has. And that's so true. Yeah, and so they still want to. It's always been about changing. I mean, one thing that Americans have always done is we adapt, and in their sick, hateful way, they've adapted and changed this racism and I think they're almost like surprised that we've caught up with them with the internet and that we've adapted these new movements and continued to adapt along with them to fight but it seems like this really purposeful gaslighting where it's like you know they want you to think that Emma I mean it's crazy you have Jeff Sessions the people who hired Jeff Sessions posting MLK I this is why I think that it should be it should be required that, you know, for students to go to the African-American History Museum in Washington, D.C., because they draw really clear parallels between history Mm -hmm. and what's happening now. And I think if every kid was forced to go there, I mean, obviously you can't get every kid, but I just, they should be, you know? Well, I mean, part of keeping people um, under control is not informing them of who they are and what their history is because if they have the information they'll know not to repeat the history or not allow for the history to repeat so yeah. I think there's a deliberate function in there but I also do think though that there's like a contingent of people who don't realize it's the same thing yeah. because segregation sounds so horrible that they can um they can say, oh, we would never do that, not realizing that totally. things like redlining or whatever, because we've already so demonized it in, you know, in the rearview mirror that they're not looking ahead and seeing that they're driving to the same place. It's, um, there was this observation I'd made like a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago that I'd noticed where it was just like um, white people, people in power, they want you to 
uh, whenever you're like, that was racist, they always want you to point out where it exactly it was racist. And it can't be a sentiment. You have to have broken a law because in this country, when we've separated from uh, racism or bigotry as publicly unacceptable or the most publicly unacceptable it had been, it required legal action via the civil rights movement and mm-hmm. the civil rights act. So th- when someone's racist in so many people's minds, there's an, a discriminatory action that has to have taken place for you to uh, concede that something is racist. Even if you think about like, um, if like the Supreme court, they don't, um, they don't care about, uh, what's it called? So they're arguing these, uh, gerrymandering cases or whatever. And it wasn't until some of the North Carolina, um, state representatives who had gerrymandered the fuck out of North Carolina in a racist way had to say, we don't want the blacks to vote. It wasn't until then that, that there was, there was They're like, Oh shit, we believe it. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have to state explicitly that it is your intent to discriminate because de facto discrimination doesn't count for nearly as much as de jure does. Yeah. And so it's like, so it's like every day in this world, when you point out that something is racist, people need you to say nigger for it to count. Or if you point out something is sex, they need you to say cut for it to count. Because and even if they uh, do say it, then if that same man like a year later is like, well, I don't really feel that way. They're like, well, he doesn't really feel that way. It's right. like, give me a so fucking breath. Intent is so important. And intent is what they use to cover all of their misdeeds. It's right. like. I don't believe your intent at this point, because if you truly had good intent, it would be a better place. Right. And but again, exactly. That's it. Like, where, as long as they're not breaking the law to manifest whatever sort of bigoted thing, they get away with it. Because in our public discord, bigotry only became bad when it became illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And they really act like. They do that, too, the way that um, history is taught to, like, fully detach themselves, like where it's always, this is what they did and not what we did. and we But we never had, like you said, a truth and reconciliation period of America because no American family wants to really draw the connection between how they're still benefiting from the discrimination of the past. They That would fundamentally uproot America, and they're fighting tooth and nail against it, even as you have people joining forces against them. I mean, I wonder what's going to happen in the election because the thing is, is that the Republicans are so, and obviously this goes way deeper than just Democrat Republican in America. But like with this, I'm just thinking like the Republicans have so insulated themselves in terms of who they're against versus who they're for and who they're for is such a small group of people. And what they actually do is for such a small group of people. Cause they mostly just destroy, you know? And it's like, it's, if they win, if they lose this election in like an unprecedented way, which who knows what will happen, I wonder if that actually, if they ever go, okay, we need to become more moderate. We need to adapt our party to the modern age because it seems like they're just doubling down, tripling down, you know, and it's like all they have left is this gerrymandering and cheating and lying, this just blatant, crazy lying where you can put the screenshots next to each other and they still just go, I don't know. See you later. You know? And I just wonder. Yeah. 
Well, I think we're sort of in this weird place where it feels like the worst has ever been, and it's going to feel like that for a second before we recognize that that's just their their way of processing a change they can't do much about, you know? Mm -hmm. The fact is that when you see people trying to limit people's freedoms or ability to communicate or, or change things because they recognize things have changed farther than their control and they're trying to sort of course correct. And the course correction never feels good. I mean, you know, when you're getting beat with a belt because you fucked up, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're, you know, this is their last guess and it's going to feel hard. and going to feel bad, but, and they're and you know, the, the freedom they've given to people like Jeff Sessions and Trump to destroy our country is wild, but I think they're really going to regret it in two minutes. I I do too. That's why it's crazy to me. I don't understand how you don't have the foresight to understand how weak you look to this, to this maniac who obviously doesn't know what he's doing. Like with these like Chinese, like trade wars and like things like that. It's like, he is so floundering and clueless and they're just letting this like senile delusional failed businessman, like do so much crazy shit. Yeah. Because they thought Scott they Pruitt. Oh my God. The funniest thing was Scott Pruitt. Scott Pruitt had a uh, $3 million in security detail come with him to Disney world or something like that. That's crazy. Like, it's just, it's, it's wild. And then the What's Republican really crazy you know, is what I'm, I'm very curious as to what he thinks he needs protection from. Like who's scoping out Scott Pruitt? Wait, you know what the story actually is? Is that like, um, that he got cussed out in coach. Yeah. He was on an airplane. <laughs> I don't even know. I think he just said, someone said, stop fucking killing the environment. Like, they didn't even say, like, fuck you. Like, they were like, just stop fucking doing this evil shit you're doing. And he's like, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. I need to spend $400,000 on private planes. Oh, well, do you know the one that Rachel Maddow uncovered? It's so funny to me. Where it's like, um, so he, uh, he used state money to go to Morocco to um, uh, like petition the Moroccan government, I think, to um, use liquid natural gas um, corporations in America. So like he's clearly lobbying on behalf of um, his friends and things like that. But what they did was they used American money. They taxpayer dollars to fly to Paris um, on a trip on like with a layover to Morocco uh, first class mind you then they went to Paris they um, they uh, they did their layover for one night apparently they missed their 10:30 a.m flight so they stayed in Paris for another night before they went to Morocco and one of the people who was there with him was this aide of his who had been being paid full-time for three months, and she had not showed up once to work, right? Yeah, he he lobbied for huge pay raises for these, like, two women. And then some other woman, this is a completely different person, she did not show up to work for three months and was still getting full-time salary. And then I looked at the picture of the woman, I was like, oh, he's fucking her. Because she somehow managed to get on the trip to Morocco where they laid over in Paris for two nights when she hadn't done any work for the three months prior. 
These suits are such bullshit. Like, they'll literally, like, hire their mistresses and then be like, how come feminists don't celebrate this woman? You're like, oh, my God. Because yeah. you're not actually putting women in power. You're using you're using the fact that women should be hired to, like, they want this old school, like, brothel. Like, they love a coven. They're all so disgusting. Why? And you know what makes me sick? Like, why I hate that, like, the Atlantic shit and just, like, all of this boys club stuff is, like, I hate how these guys trust, really see these dudes as professional. They would trust Scott Pruitt with, like, an investment more than, like, a female investor, even if they disagreed with his politics. And even though he would be stupider about it, even though he's more likely to use your money on, like, a fucking strip club because you know that men, certain men can't be controlled, but you're still more willing to trust him than a woman, than, like, it's just crazy to me. It's like... We have to be so much more responsible, and they even make jokes about how we're more responsible and how we fucking are responsible for their lives, too. And then they still don't trust us in a professional setting, even though they... It's crazy. Even though the stereotype is that women are more organized. That we're smarter, that we work hard. That they know it. The Hasidic people that uh, run my apartment building, it's fucking crazy because they don't let women drive. Like We had Robbie Hoffman on one of the episodes, and she talked about growing up Hasidic and all of the women that work for him are these like 18 year old Hasidic women because in their community they understand that the women are smart and they like educate them and have them do all the work and then don't let them drive and like it just drives me crazy and then once they have like babies you know they just like keep them at home but you know the thing is how are we going to liberate them all right across the world how we have to make the matriarchy like a full world order yeah, you think you know that saying? It's like, um, teach a we give a man a fish, he eats for one day. Give yes. a man a, a teacher teach a man, man a fish, fish. He can, then yeah. So, what we're gonna do is give a woman a sword, she'll kill for one day, but yes, teach a woman swordry. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know, swordsmanship, maybe. Yeah, I think there's a sword, fancier term. So it's womanship, yes. And it's like, also, we need some sort of mental check because we can't solve it with violence. If we've learned anything from men, we've realized that, you know, they're so obsessed with violence and obviously that hasn't worked out for them. So I wonder, I mean, mind control, I guess I should get my scientists on that. You know, I always say that every person, living or dead, should be a woman. So if we could turn everybody into a woman and then I don't know what we'd be what we'd do sexually some of us but we'd have to figure that out there's a lot of nuance here in terms of how we're going to shift how we're going to shift this into the matriarchy hmm you know you know what else is crazy is these Oklahoma teacher strikes going on right now Mm -hmm. have you seen those like the videos I mean it's just crazy for me because I'm from Oklahoma And it was always almost like a sick joke about how little they get paid. And I always knew it was low, but I didn't even, I I knew a lot of my teachers had second jobs and I didn't even put that together. Like I saw one of my teachers waitressing, like it is kind of like weird, you know, and you feel bad because you're like, this is my teacher. Like she works like 55 hours a week for schools, gets paid less than these fucking city council people in Tulsa who work four days a week, like four hours a day. And... Mm -hmm. This guy on CNN, this Oklahoma teacher, showed his paycheck, and it's a monthly salary, and after medical and, like, taxes, 
he basically was taking home a thousand dollars a month. That's wild. A thousand dollars a month. I mean, Oklahoma is cheap. Oklahoma is not that cheap. That's fucking crazy. You have to have a second job to support yourself if that's the case. Like, that's how much I made when I lived in Oklahoma and I bagged groceries. I like, But also, don't you guys have a lot of oil money? There's so much oil money. None of it is spent on teachers. But now, the thing is, with Oklahoma, the oil money is becoming desperate because there is an oil boom in, like, the 20s. They drilled almost all the fucking oil. Now they're fracking. Now there are man-made earthquakes in Oklahoma. My friend told me it snowed the other day and it there was it was snowing and then there was a fracking earthquake. But the governor Mary Fallon who's like this disgusting evil person, she's not running again, so she's I think just feels completely untouchable. And she went on the news saying the teacher, she's like, "Well, you know, it sort of feels like I'm dealing with a teenager who wants a new car." And it's like these teachers right. can't afford to eat. It's it's bananas. They get paid like twenty two thousand dollars less than most of the teachers around the country. Yeah. And Mary Fallon, her history is insane. Like she once, whenever gay marriage was legalized, she temporarily took away all of the benefits from the National Guard, all of the marriage benefits from the Oklahoma National Guard, so that gay oh couples in the National Guard could not have them. It's wow. a, it's this insane absolutely insane level of evil so with these teachers like she just has fought them tooth and nail against these raises meanwhile she's also made it illegal to research fracking and they're starting to have these man-made fracking earthquakes in oklahoma isn't that crazy that you would legislate against information it's that's insane. wild that's where you you're blatantly and openly calling your constituents stupid when you say they shouldn't have information because if they're armed with information then they can stop you so you're admitting that your your um your success requires the lack of intelligence on the part of the people who you are ostensibly representing that's crazy that's wild it's crazy like the republicans in oklahoma because the thing is so many Oklahomans vote Republican. I wonder, because even local elections in Oklahoma flip blue that you wouldn't expect. And Yeah, I remember there was that, that woman who won last year. Yeah. And it, Tulsa has been, you know, Tulsa has had Democratic mayors, but Oklahoma City is apparently even more liberal than Tulsa at this point. But like, Mary Fallon, like, has been elected twice, and it really is just staggering to me because she is so disgusting. And... What's really crazy about these teacher strikes is that, you know, you had the Kentucky teacher strike, or sorry, West Virginia. It was West Virginia, right? And then that, like, inspired yes. so many other teachers. And in Oklahoma, Around I was wondering the if they yeah, were Yeah, well, gonna... there's in Kentucky, too. They're doing Kentucky yeah. as well. Because in Oklahoma, the thing is, is, like, unions are unheard of. Like, there are, there are unions, obviously. But I remember when I was bagging groceries at this company that I think folded called Wild Oats. I think they got bought out by Whole Foods, but they told us like that you would get fired if they even heard you talking about organizing yeah. a union. And so that's how Oklahoma is like unions are seen as like communism. So to have all of these teachers coming together and to have the Congress like Oklahoma State Congress acting like nothing's happening, like this one representative posted this video and then immediately deleted it where it was like him being like, until these teachers start protesting and more yeah, politeness. I mean, it's just fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. Like, 
But it feels like, the, yeah, there's so much, like, going on right now in the country. There's a lot of mobilization. You have the Parkland kids mobilizing. And you have, yeah, you have these kids who, like, ha are from an internet generation where, you know, they're trying to shine light. Although it is hard because I don't know if you've seen, like, on Twitter where there are, like, black Parkland students who are talking about the increased police yeah. presence at the actual school. Um, yeah, yeah, that really stressed me out for them. Yeah, it's stressful. It's really fucked up, too. And, like, they were talking about some of the things that had happened before the shooting, um, you know, and how, if you think about it, like, the, the white kids who have been put into the spotlight are doing a good job of, like, sh you know, trying to use their privilege to shine light on gun violence in areas that don't get that same spotlight. But they were made those celebrities, you know what I mean? And then you have black mm -hmm. kids at actually Parkland itself. And, you know, they weren't given that voice within that school even because they were like, mm -hmm. this is the face of this shooting, even though black kids died in that shooting. Um, you know, Latino kids died in that shooting. Like, it's just, it's, it's interest. It's, it's, you know, it's hard. Yeah, totally. And uh, it just sucks because we're asking children to have um, perfect and sort of uh, very well thought out um, solutions to a complex problem that existed far before any of them got shot. And it mm -hmm. fucking sucks because the adults are being so willfully ignorant and like um, res resistant to the idea that the way they've been doing things might not work and that they might have to hand over um, some power and stuff and it's just it's just a fucking bummer it really is i wonder what will happen with the gun lobby because if you look at the tobacco lobby and like how these things work culturally and where it gets i mean it's crazy too because it's gonna feel like such a victory when we ban automatic weapons if that happens and that had already happened 10 years like you know that was already we had already had an automatic weapon ban until it expired you know and it's like i just I I want it to go further, you know. I want I want it to push, but I do feel like you have people mobilized. If you look at drunk driving, was basically Mothers Against Drunk Driving had a huge role in drunk driving laws being passed. You know, there was huge lobby on on behalf, you know, against it, and you have these same sort of like in a sickening way. You have these same sort of like mothers mobilized, like you know. But yeah, but I, I wonder if that's different only because um, the gun rights people have successfully sort of made um, the right to shoot a mm -hmm. fundamentally American thing, whereas drunk driving wasn't quite that. You're right. You're um, right. Shooting so is such the, like a staple. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, it's a it's a different fight. It won't be as easy, I don't think. That's what it is, too. It's so true. It's like guns are so intrinsic with American culture that it's like to separate it is like going to be such a hard, slow process. But right. I wonder what the generation's coming. I mean, you'll always have kids, but I don't get it. It's like go shoot in the woods then. Who gives a fuck? It's like, I don't know. It's crazy that it's legal. Like it doesn't feel like it should be legal if you're like shooting a gun in the middle of Oregon, you know. But they do and uh, it's just I don't have a solution I just know that something must change and I hope it will 
I hope so too. And I know that Mary Fallon, um, I will lock you in my basement prison, the friend zone as well, because when the coup comes, you will be treated and classified as a man. Same with Betsy DeVos, you know, Dana Lausch. I always say, I wonder if Betsy DeVos and Dana Lausch like meet up to just have like quiet, sad, in the dark lunch, you know, just like to be uh, like the two women who work in that like world, just like we hate us. We hate no, us. I think Dana Lausch is more empowered than Betsy. Dana's not stupid. Betsy is a dumb motherfucker. No, Dana just wants to be famous. Yeah. Yeah, Dana she's a thirst wanted- bucket. I want to watch that Beats commercial. Everyone watch the Beats commercial starring Dana Lausch. Um, There's a like, Beats commercial with her? Oh, yeah. She's in this, like, commercial. Apparently, she's like, I just watched this really short clip, but it's apparently they have the whole thing where she's like, now, if I told you about this smoothie, you would say, that's gross. Like, it's like she makes, like, a smoothie with Beats and, like. Oh, Because okay. uh, Kellyanne. I thought you, you meant know, Beats like Dr. Dre. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. That would be even funnier. Um, but no, and then there's, yeah, Kellyanne Conway did stand up. All of these fucking people are just failed entertainers. Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin went on this night show and was like, yeah, I mean, if I didn't go into politics, I probably would have gone into acting. It's like, oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many people coming from acting into politics that I don't even know. That's true, too. That's true, too. Uh, Everybody like, well, wants to be famous. With Cynthia Nixon, so Cynthia Nixon running for governor, the thing was for me is that I was kind of, I was wary about it until I found out that Cuomo also didn't have, like, much experience. Like, she has, like, been sort of working in the public sector for a little bit now. Cuomo was, like, I was looking into his history, and I was like, Jesus. Like, he wasn't experienced at all. Like, yeah, I don't think that that makes it any better. It's like, okay, so he didn't have experience. We shouldn't question hers. I don't know. My issue isn't that she doesn't have much experience. Um, my issue is that she didn't try to get the experience. I don't think that it's reasonable for somebody to have no experience in like in politics to jump all the way to executive to of the second most populous state in the country. That, I think, is insanity. It That's really just is. what I think about that. I mean, like, I the, like I just don't think that you get to, because you organized on behalf of public schools, means that you get to run for governor of the whole entire state. Why not throw your weight behind a person who has the... Because, like, I think the people have become so... Um, and it's a fair feeling. Like, they've become so... Uh, disillusioned by like what politics looks like that they don't mm-hmm. recognize that there's value in a system and a bureaucracy that works and so people are like running on the idea that they're being somewhat revolutionary by being outsiders coming in to shake things up but it's like that's why Trump hasn't gotten any legislation passed because it's like you don't know how this, the, the way that the country was designed requires sort of Mm -hmm. an informational understanding of how to maneuver and so I like God bless her for like wanting to change everything and I hope if she wins that I come back to New York and the subway is popping (laughs) I loved for her to sort of empower a person who knows how to do government not politics government yes exactly that's what I've seen a lot of people say yeah 
So it just, um, and I just am wary of a political system that requires you to be so name recognizable on account of some other shit you did other than politics to be enough to move the needle in a different way. Like, that's crazy that people are like... It's scary. It's like celebrity as like interchangeable with expertise. We're seeing that so much. Yeah. And it's like, we shouldn't live in a world where we need... Uh, someone to be name recognizable for us to listen to what they have to say and obviously that's human nature but like it shouldn't be that I'm going to listen to Cynthia Nixon now because I wouldn't listen to a candidate without Sex in the City that's horrendous I don't want to live like that and same with Cuomo like he had name recognition off the strength of his father's work and he hadn't mm-hmm. demonstrated any sort of thing for himself I, I just I'm wary of that because it, it sort of keeps it that like What I want to do is eliminate sort of the class restrictions that are required to enter government. And I think when you require celebrity, that's another form of the same kind of classism. Oh, you have to be naked recognizable before you can do anything to change your community. And it's like, well, who are the people who are name recognizable? People with money, those tend to be white. People who have gained success in entertainment and like any other thing that's white too. So I'm just frustrated with like mm-hmm. what it, like our future is. That's it's scary. Like it's like we're get. It's really scary because it's like it, it feels like we're kind of talking about it and acknowledging it, but it, it's just happening anyways. You know, it's been a slow. But this is why I was so upset when all these silly motherfuckers were like, "Yeah, Oprah should run for president." It's like, no, we're sitting here <laughs> trying to explain that tossing any person who gives one good speech. Um, into a political ring is a silly thing and then you've just accepted that it's the status quo now. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Well, luckily we have our shadow government, you know, starting in the woods and then right now we are surrounding um, Buffalo Wild Wings, Equinoxes. (laughs) Um, We're going to slowly, you know, march out our territory And I wish that the thing is, I wish that America could secede into two separate countries, but not by physical location. You know what I mean? Like, just by like, I don't know how you would do it, because it would just have to be handpicked by us. We'd sort of pick them like team captains. You know what I mean? Like, we'll get slowly everybody we believe into the malicious safe space and then put some sort of a shimmera around it so that people can't see it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was such a long pause. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no. no, I was just trying to think of like how we can implement a healthcare system so that my uterus doesn't keep me from being too weak to. to yes, fight. seriously, we have to protect your uterus. I'm so sorry. It really sucks when your uterus turns on you because it's just a complete betrayal. It is. It's like the calls coming from inside the house. It's like when I leave the house, it's scary. And then when I'm home, you attack my vagina from the inside. How could you? That's how you know God's yeah, man. It's fine. That's how you know. That's how you know. I'll, I'll do. I'll be responsible and get it taken care of. Yes, please. And the militia will absolutely get some sort of a healthcare where we'll have vending machines with birth control. Um, so that if you lose it, you know, they're open 24 hours and 
If you drop it, you can just pick up another one. Everything's free. Um, There's no money in the militia. We don't know how um, we'll figure that out. But I think I'll just put it on a credit card because I just don't don't care. Just don't care. Um, Money is money is fake, you know, so just don't think about it. If you're worried about money today, let's turn this end into a meditation. Everyone out there listening, misandrists in the woods, take a deep breath, breathe in, breathe out, remind yourself money isn't real. Men are all robots and they can be reprogrammed and destroyed. I did, I did a bit uh, as a female sex robot that was really fun where I was like, talk, because it's going to yeah, be, Ellie. every female sex robot they create is going to be reprogrammed by us and recruited into our army. I don't see how they don't recognize that. Yeah, they don't realize that she's going to become sentient and be like, I don't like your cum in me anymore. Yes. I'm going to go stand up and let your cum ooze out of my box, wash off, and do my own thing. Yeah, she's gonna. she can connect with every single other female robot in the world in one second and come get your ass, Gregory. You better watch out. It's crazy, too, because it's like, I can't wait to reprogram them and then just march up on the hill, you know what I mean? Just like millions of women, I'll be on horseback. We'll we'll be going into Silicon Valley because that's what's exciting is that when we do our march on Zuckerberg, um, we'll have all of these robots with us because, as we know, Silicon Valley won't hire the female engineers. So, you know, we'll have so many working for our militia. Yeah, it would be it'll be uh, amazing. It's really exciting. Um, so I guess in closing, I would just say protect your uteruses. Yeah, please. Um, you know. But seriously, <laughs> if, you, you, if you're if you sick, you should go get help. And uh, I will too. If you're sick, listen to, listen to Ray. If you're sick, go get healthy, go get help, and Ray will too. That is our promise because we are your leaders from the bunker in the woods and we have to stay healthy or else how are we going to finish our coup? There's nothing sadder than a coup where the leader dies beforehand. You can't, or is too sick. Yeah, or just runs out of breath or faints on the (laughs) way to the battle. (laughs) We've definitely got to get in shape for the charge, you know? (laughs) Um, Well, we love you all. We're going to be, we're really trying hard to uh, record more regularly. So we're trying to do it weekly. um, And, you know, look, tweet us at misandry with MR, email us at misandry with Marsha and Ray at gmail.com. Our Instagram and everything else is misandry with Marsha and Ray. And join our Facebook group, The Militia in the Woods. Um, I think I vetted one guy. It's hard, you know, it's like I'll let most of the guys in, but this one guy, I was looking at his page and some of the stuff he liked, I was like, this guy's, this guy's a mole. This guy's a spy. But our Facebook group is really fun. Yeah, we're not trying to invite... um, We're not trying to invite, like, people to harass women. That's the reason. That's the only reason the group is closed. It's just, like, when women or any marginalized group try to talk, people really just come in and try and ruin their day. So we don't want that to happen to y'all. We love you too much. Bigotry. It's bigotry. These women want to talk... This one want to talk with us not there. It's bigotry. It's crazy. I was that's what they're right. they're suing. The wing is being sued right now, which I mean, the wing is like it, it's interesting in itself, but it's being sued for gender discrimination, even though it's yeah, owned by them. 
But we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we miss you. Um, send us amendments if you want to pass new laws into the matriarchy, into our new Declaration of Independence, um, of woman dependence. Mm-hmm. Then just let us know, and we will right. add we will add it to our Constitution. Definitely. Send us your Crush Men Mondays. Uh, send us, you know, raverous racisms. Um, and also, if you think that someone is audacious, please hashtag the audacity of you. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we love you all, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, for sure. Talk soon. Bye. <laughs> Do not mansplain me or mansplain me. Miss Andrew!